Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin, the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host, and that's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And today I have with us Abby Jackson of Abby J's Gourmet from Clarksville, Georgia. How are you doing today, Abby? I'm great, and it's springtime in the northeast Georgia mountains. It's beautiful here. Nice day to be on the river fly fishing. Uh, and that's amazing. So, I, you know, I have two major questions, obviously. But the first is, how did you get into being a food entrepreneur? Tell me a little bit about your journey, uh, you know, it, and take as long as you want. Sort of what brought you to, to being a food entrepreneur? You know, your life story, well, basically. There, 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 was several, there was several things that impacted that decision. I grew up on a farm with five brothers, and uh, we... we uh, you know, agriculture was what my father had his arms wrapped around uh, in poultry and cattle. And and uh, my grandmother in the summertime would uh, teach us how to can, uh, preserve the harvest. Uh, but I went on to college. I have a marketing and a sociology degree. I thought I had to leave home. And, and really, that's what I wanted to do because um, I just, you know, my father really wanted me to be in agriculture culture then and I just didn't I didn't see the opportunity as I do now with that opportunity or I guess I had to grow grow into it but I uh, I, I was in outside sales I worked for national uh, I worked as a national uh, sales manager for a gift company out of New York and at the same time we opened up Blackhawk fly fishing on the Sequoia River 21 years ago and so as my sales career got started and I was, you know, I always was very successful, loved being around uh, other uh, people in the same industry, uh, loved travel um, and learning uh, different cultures. I, I, I've been everywhere uh, as far as training and hiring people. And uh, so uh, when the uh, 2005 arrived and China was uh, taking part of our industry, we could not compete in that industry. And I was uh, still doing the fly fishing, and we are to this day. But anyway, I, I got off the road to follow my uh, passion and, and get back on the farm and do more events here. And I started doing chicken events, and I, I started uh, having uh, just di- different things that would incorporate more things related to uh, food. And um, I had guest chefs. Here. I've had uh, Virginia Willis and, and uh, Rebecca Lane. Um, but then I met uh, David Zelsky in 2009, and he was working for Georgia Broadcasting Company. And he had never fly fished, Justin, and um, he went down and caught a 24-inch rainbow. And I served him. He came back up, and um, I served him some of my chili. And the way I make my chili is I preserve heirloom tomatoes. I can about 250 quarts out of my garden every year. And after his fourth bowl, he said, he looked at me and says, you should jar this. I said, really? He says, yes, you should jar it. This is the best chili I've ever had in my life. And so I started thinking about that conversation. And uh, I thought, well, I don't want to really do chili but I could do salsa. I could do it uh, as I may. I could take my chili recipe and just take the meat out of it. And that's exactly what I did. 
and my first product was a bean and jalapeno salsa. It's called Abby J's Bean, Black Hawk Bean and Jalapeno Salsa. So I wrapped my fly fishing business around that same um, brand because that's how it started. It was out of the love of feeding my fly fishermen. And uh, it, it's so uh, interesting uh, because I, I called David and, and I told him what, I, what had happened. And I said, David, you need to do a show about food and fishing. And now he has a show called Anglers and Appetites. How about that? Well, that's amazing. And it was his first time fly fishing uh, back in like 2009, Ever. I believe you said. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I was so scared, Justin, because I, I wanted my product to succeed. I had never created a label. I had to create. I started working on it in 2009. I launched my product August 2011 because you have to work on the label. You have to work on the, re the recipe. You have to. I, I had already found a home, uh, and I had experience selling to grocery chains because I had uh, developed a $1 million program with Publix uh, selling teddy bears. So I knew how to get in the door, but I wanted to make sure what I had would succeed and it would sell. So that was, the, I think that was the scariest thing about, you know, uh, developing your own product line because you don't want to fail, you know, you want, you want it to go really good. And, and it has gone very well for me. I've got nine products now on the market and those products, are really created out of the love and passion I have for uh, what I, my childhood and my background with my grandmother, like my pickles. I, I 2015, I, I came out with my sweet fire, fire field of fork sweet fire pickles, and uh, this was part of me canning with my grandmother on the farm. So every product I have has a story to it, um, and uh, those pickles won the flavor of Georgia in 2016. Yeah, I remember that. That was the first year I judged, and it's and it's just an incredible product. And I actually have some of your jars. We always buy them at Farmview Market, sitting in our um, in our pantry, and we use quite a bit of it when we cook or do things, or just put them out for people to munch on when there's a cheese platter or a meat platter that we put out because we we have parties quite a bit at our place in Colorado, uh, just with Deborah's family and things like that. So. It's incredible, and everyone always loves your product. So, I mean, have you always fly fished? I mean, let's talk about that a little bit because that's sort we, of the we, entry. We, we started, uh, I guess that was the first entrepreneurial uh, experience my husband and I had. We, uh, we knew uh, we, ha we have a 125-acre farm with two miles of private water, and we got married in 90, 1996. It was the same year that we opened up this business because John wanted more river management. I thought we might do a B and B. So I planned our honeymoon up on the coast of Maine and we stayed at bed and breakfasts all up, up, up there. And that was just not really what we fell in love with uh, because there was, there was a lot of issues. I, I thought that could, it, I, I just didn't like the, uh, I, I, I think we could have done that, but we took a, a fly fishing lesson at L.L. Bean and we fell in love with the fly fishing because the fly fishing was great. It was outdoors. We could really 
you know, have a, a nice place for cl- customers, clients. Uh, it, even we could even do weddings, but we're not doing weddings here either. We just wanted to do the fly fishing, and it has been very, very successful. And um, we, we, as and my husband uh, works as well. He still is buying energy and gas for Springer Mountain Farms. Uh, when I got off of from selling the from the gift company in 2005, that gave me enough time to really de- to develop some of the other cooking events and and which led to the passion of me creating my gourmet line uh, because we both had uh, jobs while we were trying to run this fly fishing business and the the number one thing is having the right people that work for you if you are successful and hiring the right people then that breeds success and we've been blessed with that uh, and right now i've just put in my garden over 150 tomato plants here and i'm blessed with having some help with that even so blessed that i made dinner for him last night so it's uh it's a journey and uh i can say you know it's it's not been always easy you know it's a lot of hard work and so i mean it's it's kind of crazy so then from 96 you just did fly fishing for about 13 years, but you talked about how feeding the fly fishermen was was so important. So, I mean, walk me through that. So you start the fly fisherman, fisher person business, I guess, or fisherman business and the tours and stuff like that. I mean, so now people are coming to you. I mean, you, and it's an all day thing. So tell me about how you decided to feed them and, and where you got your ideas from for some of the recipes, because they lead into the business that you well, have now. Okay, so we we I started creating menus that that especially lunch. I only do lunch, so we wanted to really enhance uh, our business by providing a better lunch, not a, not just a you know something that they pick up or they have to bring their lunch or whatever. Because that's what we had to do when when I was not here to do the lunches. But you know what I came up with was more of a farm to table lunch with where you know everything that I do uh I grow on the farm you know which would be my heirloom tomatoes I put uh corn uh I put everything in it but the meat so when I grow all of my vegetables the corn the peppers the heirloom tomatoes I can about 250 quarts so I really wanted my uh fishermen to eat well and i'm all about eating things that don't have all the preservatives and all the bad things in it i mean that's the that's in vogue now everybody wants you know something that's not going to hurt them they want to eat healthy and the fish fly fishermen are are pretty much uh you know they're they're all health conscious uh most of them anyway that that kind I'm here are very health conscious. And um, with, with that being said, you know, uh, it was something I enjoyed doing as a child uh, as far as being in the garden and harvesting and canning. And I do canning classes here as well. So I've done uh, the classes, uh, especially the pickling classes. The tomatoes, not so much because it takes uh, too much time. And uh, the pickling classes are, are very easy. 
but all you know i just wanted to have uh something better to uh feed my clients and and it makes them feel a little bit special as well you know uh wherever i go i always want to be uh catered to I, I mean if you're on vacation sure if you uh that's part of the experience, Justin. It's the package. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So, I mean, you're really creating this experience, really. It's the fly fishing. It's the 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 products that you've now created. It's the, the feeding. It's obviously, I, you know. It's I've, the whole package. I've wrapped, I've, wrapped it, I've wrapped it all in one. I've wrapped it all in one. And as you drive in that gate, you can see my garden. You can see. Uh, you know, two or three acres of everything that we plant. Uh, I grow uh, flowers as well. I've got beautiful, uh, I started growing zinnias three years ago in honor of my dad. He passed three years ago and they're gorgeous. I mean, they're purple, purple zinnias and they, it just, and they stay, uh, I mean, th those flowers are here for like four to five weeks and it's just a, uh, a great reminder of, of his impact in my life. And, you know, uh, I had a magazine at one point. Uh, I love uh, farming so much, and I wanted to share, you know, part of my childhood as far as what I, I was doing on the farm and, and, and things like that in a magazine. And I, I did have uh, the magazine. It started right before my dad died three years ago. It was called Southern uh, Farm and Garden. It was eight beautiful issues, but... That, you know, that, that took so much away from building my brand and really doing the things that I, uh, wanted to do. It, it took away from, from doing those things that we just got through talking about. So, uh, I'm glad I had the magazine, but I'm glad that that part of my life is over because I can go back to where I can continue to build my brands and, um, you know, it doesn't take away from it because when you have a magazine, there's just so much work involved. And, uh, I, I, you know, and the way that happened was a, a fluke thing. I, I met this lady that I just, uh, well, I was on a sales call and, uh, the lady, uh, that I was presenting to said, Oh, you need to meet this other lady that y'all would be great at uh, doing some cooking classes here. And, I said, well, I just, I would like a cookbook. I would, and that was all I was interested in. And she talked me into doing the magazine. So um, I do have a cookbook, Abby J's Farm Style Living Cookbook. And that is the book where you can find a lot of my recipes, uh, even my chili recipes in there. So uh, it, it's a way to, to, to read all about my journey. Well, and I love that. So I'm going to pause there for a second. Um, one, I want you to tell everyone on the audience, you know, where they can find you, what's your website, uh, where you guys are located again, um, the, you know, and how if they're interested in one of these experiences, how they go about contacting you and then obviously social media. So I know there's a lot of questions in there, but, you know, how can they find you? Uh, what is the experience? And then how do they sign up for it? And how many days is it? Is it just one day or it's something you can do multiple days? So tell me a little bit about that okay. as well. well. Okay, we have a couple of, web, of websites. You can find my food products is www.abbyjsgourmet.com. And the fly fishing is www.blackhawkflyfishing.com. Dot com and 
Uh, you called me directly, the number is 706-947-FISH, and that's 3474. But uh, if I have, I have people coming from all over the world, Justin. I have people from Florida. I have a lot of retired people that come up here from Florida, and they come two or three times a year. We've been open 21 years, so if they're coming for an excursion, they're probably going to fish three days. If I've got and, and people from Alabama, they'll fish a couple of days. People from Atlanta, it's a melting pot in Atlanta of all the different uh, kinds of people we get here. We get people, couples, we get fathers, a lot of father sons because of Father's Day or or, or the sons of uh, if, if he's in college and he's got spring break, we might get that. We get uh, outings. We get bachelor. I did a bachelor party about a month ago and it was. Friday afternoon until Sunday evening till they left. And then you've got, uh, we, we do a half day excursion for, you know, if you've got knee problems and you can only last for four hours, we can do a half a day. We develop that just for people that, that may not can uh, last the whole eight hours, but a general day, you will arrive at our farm. We have a, a lodge. We have a fly shop. We have a, you know, it's kind of like skiing. You can get, go, um, out skiing or you can go fly fishing without a guide and and get well you just pay the access fee which is 275 and that includes eight hours and lunch but if you show up like a corporate group and they've never fly fished before then we are on the sims fly fishing program they can rent all of their equipment their waders rods and boots and it's 50 dollars to rent everything and uh, we take them to one there's two miles so one uh, group will go to one mile in the morning then they will arrive back at the farm at 12 noon and they will rotate they will go after lunch they will go to the other mile that they didn't fish and they will fish different water all day and then we uh, seem to wrap up around 4 30 and uh, my guides are professional uh, they will take uh, beautiful photographs uh, if you've not been on Instagram, fly, Blackhawk Fly Fishing Instagram, you'll see a lot of those beautiful pictures um, that they do a really, really great job. Again, I'm blessed to have great help. I think that's part of, of any successful business is hiring the right people and having the right people in your business. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And I want to, I definitely want to go back and talk about that. Um, but I, how many acres are you talking about for the farm? We have 125 acres that sits on two miles of private uh, trophy streams. Well, that's amazing. So when you decided to start the business, I mean, did you have to go out and, and find it? I mean, how did you go about finding the right space for this? I mean, because, I mean, it's not like uh, you can just I, find I two miles this, of river. Um, Don's, uh, my husband, my husband's uh, grandfather was the first doctor in Habersham County, and he bought the property back in the 40s, uh, the 1940s, and they had uh, let uh, people rent the property to run cattle on this property, and in the early 90s, uh, John became interested in coming up here uh, and have it, you know, he, he likes to deer hunt. Uh, well, he used to like to deer hunt, but we, we don't have time for that anymore. But anyway, uh, 
he, he, him and his buddies would come up here and the farmhouse is an 1860s farmhouse. And when I met John, this farmhouse was almost ready. I mean, most people would not have saved it. We renovated the farmhouse. It's, uh, uh, we had to do spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a farmhouse just to get it in shape um, to run a business. So it was quite an investment to do that. And so uh, the farmhouse now has, uh, he never did put a bathroom in the farmhouse. It's the 1960s. He didn't want, he did not want to change that, but we do have another chalet beside it with two bathrooms, two showers. And then upstairs, there's a, uh, a like a, a it, it's a place like if we have uh, eight guys and then a couple, then the couple could stay in a chalet. So if we have mixed groups, there's also an option for them to, uh, we have we have something somewhere for them to stay. So we, we have preserved this 1860s farmhouse and it's become, uh, it, it, it's, it's just been an add on here and there. It's always, there's always something to do on the farm, Justin. There's no, <laughs> not a dull moment here. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand. I grew up on a horse farm and I'm like, I, I was like, I swore I would never do any farming. And, and again, in my life, although that's not become the case anymore, but it's, um, it's one of those things that I just, it's just an amazing thing. Cause you have the farm, you have your, fly fishing business and now you've launched you know abby j's gourmet but be and i want to talk about that but how did you come up with the name with, black along, hey and, uh, uh, and okay. along with a magazine that i had no business doing okay <laughs> so what was really that? no business at all <laughs> so are you still doing the but, magazine no no the magazine ended last june and uh i i can tell you uh i learned so much uh, it was like another entrepreneurial experience uh and 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 i have a tv show where i i, I was asked to do a tv show three years ago and it's field to fork cooking with abby j and i do sponsor an entrepreneur on every one of my shows because i just want to help others like myself because i know how hard it is it was it's very hard especially if they're just starting they need encouragement everybody needs encouragement because it's easy to give up it's easy to quit it's harder to 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 continue so i i love to have entrepreneurs on my show uh matter of fact i'm gonna have a fairy wood thicket her daughter won the flavor of georgia with her cherry pecan jam and she's i think she's only 15 years old yeah and I thought that was very impressive, and it was really the best product I tasted of at Flavor of Georgia this year. So that she, she's she's just a really really unique girl, and those are the things I try to do on my show is to promote entrepreneurs like myself. Um, but I have a passion of, of working, and I think if uh, you've got to be dedicated and have that passion and drive and. You, you know, I support Georgia Grown. I'm, I'm all all the way with Georgia Grown. I mean, when Gary Black first uh, started as Ag Commissioner, I, I remember meeting him in Atlanta at one of my first shows. And we there was not a lot of people there, but that, that whole program has just really flourished. And it, it's all about artisans like myself that can provide good products. And 
um, that are good for you. Well, and I think um, I talk a lot about it on the podcast, as, as the audience probably knows, but there's something very special going on in Georgia compared to other states and compared to the rest of the world. The support in the private-public partnerships is like no other state, and you have the diversity of agriculture that grows there as well as the entrepreneurs that are coming up and then the support system for those food and beverage entrepreneurs. And then you have, you know, the Port of Savannah for exporting as well as, you know, a pretty great logistics system to get anywhere in the United States, States, especially up and down the East Coast. And it's just one of those things. I mean, it's what attracted us there as a business um, to go into Milledgeville, Georgia and do what we're doing. Uh, there and uh, while it's been a long time trying to get there the most amazing things are happening there and and people like you and the things that you guys are doing there's this huge entrepreneurial spirit in Georgia I mean it's incredible well Justin we we certainly want to pass I certainly want to pass it on to the next generation and that's why I teach canning. I teach you know I had someone I'm not going to name that person in case they uh, listen to my podcast but anyway he's young he's 23 years old he did not even know how to use a hoe i mean they these younger uh the younger general generation they need help they really do and and had never worked in a garden uh they need to unplug big time because if they want to eat right and 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 get better food and and just learn just basic things. That's what I'm teaching is basic things uh, here on the farm. And and they love it. I mean, I, I hope they love it. I'm, I'm, I'm making good lunches for them for sure <laughs> because I do, I need, I need the help. But passing it on to the next generation, and I think UGA, their program, Flavor of Georgia, really emphasizes we're, we're happy to have such a great uh, university that supports us as well. I mean, you're right. We, we've got a lot of uh, support systems that are in place. Yeah, and it's just incredible. Um, but I want to quick also, can you tell us the name of your book again and the name of your TV show so people can uh, tune into it or uh, order your book or, or just look it up so sure. they can find it? Sure. And, and, and I want to I say this too. I am a celebrity chef on the Ingalls table, and they just signed on with my uh, Field of Work cooking show. We're sponsoring the Ingalls Table, and that's uh, com. You can find a lot of my recipes and things that I do on there, and I will be sponsoring them on my uh, show every month, and that show is Field of Work Cooking with Abby J. And the name of my book is Abby J's Farm Style Living Cookbook. And you can get that online at abbyjgourmet.com. Yeah, I'm going to order one of those for our house here as soon as we get off here because I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, it tells my whole story. I mean, yeah, and all the pictures that were taken in that cookbook were done in my uh, kitchen here. There's no photos, uh, stock pictures. And that's the thing. I want everything authentic. Uh, I want it real. I mean, we can do that here because we have the farm. We're fortunate enough to take pictures of the food, the vegetables, everything in season. And I try to cook in season. Like right now, it's strawberry 
it's strawberry season, and I just posted a strawberry salad uh, from the Eagles table. So that's a delicious salad, and uh, the strawberries from J. Moore Farms are it, it, beautiful. Really good season this year. And so, okay, let's and let's. I mean, since we're we're food mainly entrepreneurs and, and beverage entrepreneurs, tell me about all the products you guys have through Abby J's Gourmet. I mean, it's probably too many to to remember, but I I know you have such There's a variety. Not, no. Okay, my my it, it's a variety pack, and I intentionally made it this way for tailgating parties, entertaining. And easy. It's easy to, 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 to do and to make other recipes with my product line. So the first one, of course, is the bean and jalapeno uh, salsa. And it's uh, packed with so many ingredients. You can just add cheese and have an instant queso. The next one, I felt like uh, if, they, if they didn't like jalapenos and wanted a little milder version of that same recipe, I did a black bean and herb basically the same recipe, but with uh, cilantro. And the third one is a roasted garlic salsa. And this uh, this is really good on pizzas. You can eat it right out of the jar, or you can bake it with some goat cheese and have a nice bruschetta. And that, that recipe you can find on the English table as well. And the fourth one is a chipotle peach. Of course, I had to have a peach salsa. We're in the peach, peach state, Georgia. Um, supporting my Georgia peach farmers. Uh, and then after that, I decided to do a, uh, a hot sauce. It's a smoking hot sauce infused with Vidalia onions. And there's another thing that's in season right now, the Vidalia onions. I love. It's a sweet heat. And most of my products uh, are sweet heat. They're not, they won't put you on fire like the, the, it says smoking hot, but it's not going to put you on fire. It's, it's just the sweetness of the Vidalia and the hot sauce. And that, that, that's really good on Springer Mountain Wings and uh, a, a number of things. So uh, after that, I developed my Field of Work Sweet Fire Pickles. I think that, that was when I started the pickling. Um, I know it was. And the pickles are, are really... Uh, they're like a bread and butter pickle, but they're a little bit more because you're going to get the peppercorn, the mustard, uh, the garlic, and you can use that brine for so many things, egg salad, deviled eggs, uh, just a number of uses. I never throw the brine out. And I, I, I did develop my okra, my smoking hot okra is uh, almost the same brine. Uh, I mean, I had a winter with the pickles, so I, I really didn't change that much with the brine for the pickled okra. And then I have a jalapeno mustard. I really, really wanted this mustard sauce to be my first product, but there's so many uh, barbecue sauces in the section that one of my buyers, uh, one of my friends that I used to work with, with Ingles, he said, you don't want to go in that category. You need to stay with salsa because there's, I, I didn't have as much to compete with. But I finally got my jalapeno mustard sauce uh, on the market. Uh, it's really good on chicken it's it's good uh on pork uh i i do a pork butt that's uh really nice after you cook the pork almost before it's done you can you can glaze it with this jalapeno mustard sauce really really good it's like a carolina mustard um and i used to buy um i can't think of the name of uh, uh maurice's i used to buy maurice's 
and loved it. And so it's it's not like it, it's similar, but it's got a little bit more bite to it. Mine does. And then I uh, am I missing one? Okay, that's the the mustard. And then my last product that I developed is a, and this product came out of uh, canning uh, and preserving peaches. I had uh, my fly fisherman. I, I have this uh, peach habanero jam. It's preserved. And so I was just making a few cases of that. And then I had two or three people that kept wanting to order a case here, here, here. I found myself in the kitchen just making this. And so I really never encountered on having a, something this sweet in this line. Uh, but I had no choice because I could not be in the kitchen every weekend making this. So I now have a Georgia peach habanero preserve. And that is ex that this this product we had it last night on this artisan cheese to die for. You can put it with brie. You can put it. You can put it on pork. You can put. You can eat it right out of the jar if you just need something at midnight to get you to the next day. I don't know. Anyway, um, those are my those are my products, and those are all products that that uh, are all about me and what I love to eat and um, what I grow. Um, and they all have flavor, and they're they're uh, they're good. They're good. They're good for you. And so I so I have a question because I know you have a variety of things that you grow on the farm, and you do the pickling of the tomatoes and things like that as well. Is that not something that you offer to retail then, or is it a seasonal thing? Or can you only buy it when you're you at mean, your what, farm? What 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 I do. Do is I have a harvest. Uh, I have two harvest events, like tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Like last summer, I had a, I don't know how many heirlooms, different types of heirlooms and tomatoes. Uh, in the farmhouse, there's a side room, and I promote a like a tomato festival. I only have it once. Maybe I'll have it twice this year because I I'm growing more tomatoes, and I love cherry tomatoes. Oh Lord, cherry tomatoes are. Uh, there's a lot of recipes of mine with cherry tomatoes because I think they have the most flavor and um, they uh, are so versatile. But I have, I opened this up to the public to come in. They can buy my products or in tomatoes and peppers. So yes, I, I am open, but I'm not open every Saturday because I only have so much I can sell. And I really, uh, I, 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 I used to have a Sequoia River Rivers Farmers Market, where I was open every weekend. That's too much time. And one year, Justin, it rained every Saturday. And, and it was just, it was more than I could do to, you know, I was so disappointed um, that it rained every Saturday. And, and then I decided, you know, why am I doing this? I, I really need to be just doing what I love to grow, which is tomatoes and peppers. And I, I, I grow a lot of herbs. So, and corn, but, um, yeah, I opened that up. I'm going to open it up twice. I've got two, uh, dates, uh, picked out for that this summer and, and it's a sellout every, every time I open, it's a sellout. Well, and I just think it's incredible because I know from being a judge at the flavor of Georgia, both in 2016 and then just recently, how great your products are. And I mean, the okra is, is phenomenal, and the sauces are great, as well as the salsas. And 
I just, I'm just amazed that you do all this. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing a TV show. You, you had a magazine, you wrote a book, you're, you're running a fly fishing business, which brings me to my question actually is where does the name black Hawk come from? It was after a gun. <laughs> uh, it was, did I just say it was, gun. did you just say it was after a gun? No, it was, it, it, you know, there's a gun uh, that is a Black Hawk. Okay. They, uh, yeah, a gun, like a, not a shotgun, but a handheld gun, and it's a Black Hawk. That's where the name came from. And so is is that the name of the farm as well, or it's just the name of the business that then, you know, the fly fishing business that then leaked its way into it's the Black name? It's Black Hawk Fly Fishing. We, we just thought it sounded good, and, yeah. and it just, uh, you know... Blackhawk uh, is is it just it just fit it just fit my my husband uh, named it so you know we uh, we just went went along with it uh, and and it has worked I mean um, I I wanted to like I said incorporate my other brand Abby J's Gourmet around that and as you can see my labels that's what I've done because I can't leave Blackhawk out. And I know it may look busy. A lot of folks say, you need to take that out. I can't do that because that's part of my story. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned a little bit some of the recipes and tailgating and and the package around it. So since this episode's, like, basically releasing, you know, the 4th of July and in July, and that's prime barbecue season, I mean, could you uh, give... Give me again, like, you know, one recipe or one item. Maybe you have it on your website or something. It doesn't necessarily have to be every one because that's a lot. But just sort of an idea for the audience of where they can really use your products for their summer barbecues and tailgates, etc. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, well, there's a Springer Mountain uh, chicken wings. And that's uh, using my smoking hot sauce. You've got a cherry tomato tart where uh, the cherry tomatoes right out of the garden. And and you can use my roasted garlic, uh, my roasted garlic salsa with that cherry tomato tart. And right out of the jar on any of my salsas, right out of the jar. I mean, uh, the, the bean and jalapeno, I mean, that's what makes it so easy, Justin, is the fact that... Uh, you can you can just open a jar and have an instant appetizer to enhance any kind of party. That's amazing. Um, and, and the pork, I mean, the pork. Everybody loves pork butt, pork yeah. barbecue. I mean, that jalapeno mustard is uh, is that 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 would be my go-to for pork. And as I said before, or, uh, I do ribs, pork, uh, even chicken with that that particular one. But but the others like. If you just want to sit back on July the 4th and have a Bloody Mary, just go pop that jar of okra open and you got it. And so you you came from a marketing sales background. So, I mean, as a general, I mean, how do you market your products? I mean, as well as market the fly fishing. I mean, so was it something that now it's just taken on a life of its own because people want to go on these fly fishing experiences? But as a, a person with that background. As I, as I said before, okay, let, let, let me go back to what I said before. You have to have really good people that work for you. And my guides really helped me with the fly fishing business. And I, 
can leave my farm with them and they run this fly fishing business. I'm not here all the time, but when I have to go, I always make sure I do a lunch, whether it be chicken salad I make homemade and I can get things ready before I leave. And also hard work. I've got a show. I'll be at the Flavors of Georgia Showcase tomorrow, but lunch will be done before I leave here. And then Saturday, I'm at uh, Wine Fest. No, I, just because I have a distributor and I have things going well for me, you don't stop. You you continue to go to shows, whether it be a Georgia Brunch show. It never it never stops. I mean, uh, and it has a life of its own. But I, I I'm continuing. I, I continue to go to shows and to grow my brand on social media. That's a big thing. I post all the time on my Facebook pages uh, about what's going on, whether it be and these fly fishermen love 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 to see their picture holding that big fish they caught. I mean, that's what it's about. So part of my marketing is ne- a, a word of mouth, doing the right things, doing, running a good business and having the right people in place. Those are the essential ingredients to uh, to, to what I can do. And, but but you, you don't quit if you've got um, some things going your way. You continue to go uh, and like I said, I've got to be in Atlanta tomorrow. Um, so uh, there may be people that may not have the drive I have, but that's it's a good hard work ethic, and that's part of it too. Because my father, it was something I was taught growing up on the farm. I mean, we all I had five brothers, so a part of that is just uh, getting out of bed and going to work every day. I mean. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, no, it makes complete sense. So, I mean, you're talking about driving into Georgia and the uh, and the showcase you're doing tomorrow. So, tell us a little bit about that. Have you done it before? And, and what is that? I have, I, I have, and they approach uh, they approached all the uh, people that all the finalists that were in the Flavor of Georgia. They always have a flavor Flavor of Georgia showcase. Uh, the finalists can come in to Buford Highway Farmers Market which my products are, are, you can find them there. They, they sell a ton of my products uh, and they expect you to come in and uh, sample your products. And, and they, the customers want to meet the artisans behind uh, these incredible products. Uh, so that will be tomorrow. They're doing it for three days. I can only take one day to go down there because it is fly fishing season. And it's, it's an incredible schedule. As you know, it was, it's hard for me to schedule this time to <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> so, no, I mean, yeah, and yeah it's but, busy promoting and, and being an entrepreneur and and doing all those things. So, I mean, really, I mean, you've accomplished so much as an entrepreneur, right? I mean, you have this brand you're building, and and you have your TV show, and you've been involved in a magazine, and and written your own book, and and obviously a successful fly fishing business. So, I mean. What are, I mean, are there hopes and dreams for the future? I mean, where do you see yourself going and do you keep dreaming about doing more things and, and becoming bigger? And if your brand grows. Oh, I do. I do. Well, my father left me some property uh, nearby and it's got a little trout stream in it. So this year I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm working on it, working towards 
perhaps having something where I can uh, have a place for kids to teach them how to fly fish. And I have a guide that uh, is very interested in helping me with this endeavor. And so uh, let's go back to the guide thing, because you talk about how important they are in the business and, and as employees. And, and they're, I mean, how do you, I mean, are they just fly f- fishermen that really love fly fishing and have made a career at it? And, and, and how do you motivate them well, and inspire there's, them? There's, 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 two, there's two parts, or maybe three parts to this. Um, the first part of this is this. Uh, we reached out. Uh, a few years back to the University of Georgia to get kids that we could mentor and that kids, good kids that were trying to earn extra money to pay for their college or, or, or whatever, you know. And so we started getting some uh, kids from UGA. Well, this past year, uh, the University of Georgia started a fly fishing club and now we're getting more of those kids and they have since yesterday they made it a they're gonna they're going to give one of my uh guy one of the uh, kids that are that's coming from the from there they're going to give him a six-hour credit for being here so those are the types of things we're trying to do to give back and, and maybe give them a place where they can come earn extra money to to fund their college. This is not a career for, for, for them. This is just a stepping stone for them. Then I have other older guides that may be retired. I have some uh, enthusiasts that fly fishing enthusiasts that, that want, that have made this kind of a, a career. I mean, there's three or four of those in my, in, in, in this group uh, that work for me. But you have to always be looking for other help because the kids in college are going to graduate. They're going to move on. And, and we've, we've had several of those kids move on. So we want to keep the pro- that program going continually because that way they can learn uh, on the farm. They can help me on the farm with the gardening, with the fishing, with whatever. But they have to work the farm before they can fish. Well, that's amazing. So they sort of earn their stripes, and and there's a trust that's exactly. built between you guys before they actually do that. And if they understand the farm, they can also promote that as well while they're on the tour. So they become a salesperson of sorts as well by learning the farm first. At least I think so. Well, we get to know them. We get to know them on the farm and how well they work, how well they take direction, what their weaknesses are. And, and like yesterday, I'm teaching one of my guides how to hoe a garden. I mean, <laughs> or how to dig a hole, dig a hole. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. No, no, I know that one. And, um, it's amazing how many kids we don't teach are passed down. I mean, schools don't teach, you know, some of the basic things anymore. There's no shop class and there's no balancing a checkbook or there's, know learning how to garden, which I think everybody should actually learn. It should be part of every school's curriculum because it helps us know where our actual food comes from. You know, I, I didn't, I can't right. believe how many people I've seen that didn't actually realize that a chicken nugget came from a chicken or what a chicken was in, in, in some of the urban environments I've been in, particularly in New York City. 
And I'm just like, really? Is this... Like, people really don't understand where their food comes from or, or how it's grown or the labor that's in it or that it doesn't just... You sort of just plant a seed and it's there like a couple of days later that it's this instant gratification. And it just blows my well, mind I, that we've allowed society well, to slide that's so exactly far. How, uh, Justin, that's exactly how this guy got involved with helping me on the farm. He, he loved my chili so much. And he said, I'm going to help you in the garden. I, I, I want to do this. I, I want to take some of these jars home with me and blah, blah, blah. Well, he's learning now how hard it is. <laughs> how hard... I mean, I guess he just, like you said, he got instant gratification by eating what was harvested, but he really, really didn't understand what goes on before it. I said, well, this, this is just the first part, planting the plant, you know, you plant your plant, then, then we're going to have weeds. Okay. So this is going to be an ongoing um, day to day with him because I, I don't really think he grasped what he got himself into okay <laughs> well and i think it's it's a kind of an interesting experience and they do this in 4-h with animals but learning how to actually take care of the plants and take care of animals and all of that and and what actually goes into it it's you know the feeding and the care and the you know in the case of produce and, and vegetables and fruits you got to weed and make sure it stays clean around it so the weeds don't invade it or, or kill it off or suck too much nutrients out of the soil, so on and so forth. And you've got to pinch the tomatoes and then you've got to harvest and then you, then you have to prep them and then you take them to the cannery. And you know what canning's like. There's 10 steps to canning. I mean, it, it, it's a process that, uh, is, you know, I love. I love the process, though. That's my passion. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate enough to pass that on to this younger gener generation. And that's what I do. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. I can promise you that. Well, and one of the cool things I think about all of it is um, it's one of those things that once you learn it, like there's hobbies that get us through life. And I went through a major life transition about six years ago. And when I went through that major life transition, I temporarily ended up back on my parents' farm, which embarrassingly so, in my 30s. And for a couple months while well, I was trying to transition my life. And when I went back to the farm, like I had all these basics on the farm that I knew. Like, and the tomato plants were one of them. And there were, my parents had these tomato plants that they had started. But it became something that I got to do every day that brought me back to the basics and the horses and the animals and brought me like helped me through a tough period of time because I had a responsibility and I had something that I could take ownership in and I could rebuild my life. And while I had businesses and I was an entrepreneur and all those things, that's all great, but there's something tangible about knowing and growing your own produce and, and being involved with the animals that are on a farm. And even if it's in suburban America, like having your own garden and being able to get away from yourself or get away from things or, or go out there with your family or your kids, it's so important in there's no experience like that or sense of accomplishment that you get as a family or even as entrepreneurs, if you're in the entrepreneurs where you do that as a family or, or you're really hands-on and there's something tangible you can see. I mean, even just like mowing grass, you actually physically get to see the exactly. work that you're doing. 
you know, so it's huge. And I think as a society, um, and even around the world, we've stepped so far away from what it actually means to be a human being and the basic necessities that we need and skills that we need that actually, it's not just about growing the food. Oh, great. I can have someone grow the food for me. Why would I grow it myself? That's not the point. The point is what you learn from doing it for the rest of your life, the responsibility, the work ethic, the managing the time, the, the, all these important things that I love that you're doing to give back and, and the kids fly fishing that I think is so important, not only just for people that are going an entrepreneurial path, but anyone in life, the work ethic and the dedication and the loyalty, like you need to finish it. Like otherwise the plant dies or the animal dies. Like you have to see it all the way through. And we don't do that with it. Right. The younger generations are not doing that. They don't have the attention span, like you said, to unplug for uh, long enough to actually pay attention to something and make sure it survives. You've got to make sure those plants survive because one, it's your profit, two, it's your food. And, and so there's, you've got to do it. And if it's an animal, if you don't take care of it, that animal's going to die, you know, and you're responsible right. for someone's life. Even if you're going to butcher it later, you don't want it to die before it's been profitable for the business or for your family or anything. And we just don't teach that anymore anywhere. And it's just, so the fact that you guys are doing it, I think is just huge. And, you know, the university of Georgia, even having a fly fishing you know, class and, and part of oh, the program major. is hey, amazing. That, 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 yeah. Well, that's major. And, and, uh, Sam Purdue is, uh, he, he, he heads up the ag program down there and what a wonderful program to, to start. I mean, that, that, that just helps everybody and to get them out here. I mean, you know, they, they had, they had, uh, we had lists of things for them to do just to figure out, uh, you know what they could do what they and 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 now uh one one has graduated to where he will be guiding this weekend and the other one still has some work to do but we we are so fortunate in that way because most of these kids come from really good families and they have not had been um, been unplugged as you said they have not and it's great to see uh see them work and and really respect the land i mean uh, at least you know i think that it's just wonderful to see how much they can absorb because they haven't been on a farm ever you know yeah and that unplugging thing is so huge it's one of the reasons and i have two stepdaughters and deborah and i travel outside the country sometimes and while we're not doing it, it forces them to unplug from their phones and why they have Wi-Fi in the hotels. But when we're out and about, yes, can they take a photo with their phone, but they don't have access to it. They've actually got to be immersed in the environment that they're in, you know, and, and whether it's we're in Thailand on a cashew farm or, or washing elephants, like it's an experience. You need to see the way other people live and, and how hard people work because I think we don't realize that because things come so easy to us as uh, particularly as Americans um, and it's so easy to access so much that we've lost what it means to actually have a work ethic um, in the sense of you know getting our hands dirty or what the rest of the world is actually doing or people that aren't as fortunate as us are going through to have an appreciation for what we have um, and not have this constant yearning for more like there's 
more sense of accomplishment in my opinion of exactly what you're doing of learning how to 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 be part of the land and give tours and and give people an experience or or work in the soil and work on a farm like there's a real sense of accomplishment and no matter how much i've accomplished as an entrepreneur or failures or successes or whatever at the end of the day, there is nothing more satisfying than actually seeing something through, like we're talking about, whether it's produce or, or working on the farm or, or even mowing a field or mowing a lawn. There's a real sense of pride that happens in that, an accomplishment and building of character that I think is so important. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Deborah after we get off the podcast, but I would love to come do one of the fly fishing things. And my experience is very little. I had a roommate after college that was fly fishing, and I went on some trips with him. But I think just to experience your farm and, and come visit you guys would, would be love, outstanding. That, that would be awesome. And we're having um, – I've got, a, I've got an, I have an event, the Ingalls Table, we're doing with uh, some of the chefs. And that event is July the 30th. And what we're doing is they have to go out in the garden and pick their ingredients. Don't you love that, Justin? Well, that's amazing. So, it, and it's not coming off a box truck, right? They have to actually go find exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, we're actually going to the garden and getting the ingredients and then we're going to make everything. So, um, but, but fly fishing, if you want to do the fly fishing, we are open through June, and then it, it's kind of whether the temperature of the water, if, if we get, like last year, we were open all through the summer except for two weeks in August because it became too hot in August. So if we have rain, a lot of rain, we can kind of get through the summer and still fish some. But sometimes we have to close the stream because if it gets 95 and it doesn't rain, we can't play our big fish. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind when you want to come. But call me. Uh, we'll certainly get, get – I'd love to have you on the water. It would be awesome. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a cool experience. And to see what you guys are doing up there. And then obviously I would – you know, I want to see it. And then I think getting you on another podcast afterwards after we can see what you guys are actually doing and, and the questions and all that. And I just love what you're doing for kids and the whole experience. So that whole piece is in and of itself just – a whole topic that we could probably spend hours on as well. Oh, we could. We could. Yes, absolutely. And so the, uh, the event on July 30th, is that, um, is that open to the public? No, that's, that's just a, we're doing that. Uh, it's for the Ingalls magazine and for the Ingalls table. So they can really, uh, get some good, uh, field support footage uh, of what our chefs are making and doing and putting in the magazine for them to go to Ingalls to grab that magazine and pick up the ingredients. It's a, it's a win-win for Ingalls, the chefs, and, and, and to find easy recipes anybody can make. I mean, that's what the Ingalls table uh, is trying to promote, and uh, I'm just fortunate to have them here at my place so we can do just that. I mean, uh, we did a holiday gathering here last, uh, I think that was last, uh, la- late October. And we prepared uh, dishes that would uh, kind of center around Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that was really good. Uh, so everybody uh, could make something. Like I made the turkey and I had 
uh, it was a five herb uh, turkey uh, that I made, and I used McCormick uh, herbs and spices, and and I showed them how how to do that. So it's really easy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, just trying to share uh, recipes, and every one of these chefs, Justin, they all come from different backgrounds. So there's so so much variety is what I like about this whole program. It, it's not, I mean, we have some chefs that do a lot of Italian. We have some that, we have a chef that works at the food bank up in North Carolina, and there's no time what he's going to do. His is always a pot lot, I mean, kind of a thing, because uh, he, he makes so many different things with with food up there. But um, we, we are uh, looking forward to that event, uh, because this is the first time they've done it with everything in season. The farm will be beautiful, the flowers, everything. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful times on the farm is uh, July and August because we will be uh, harvesting. Well, and I think it's incredible because you watch the TV shows and the reality TV shows that the chefs can use anything that are that's in the fridge or they pick a certain item. But here... Like, it's so much better, in my opinion. Like, they actually, and it's just, it never dawned on me, but what you're doing is such a great idea, is that they actually have to go into the field and pick their products. They have to know where it's coming from. They have to find the riper ones. They actually have to do the homework. It's not just there sitting in the fridge, and then they get to choose. They actually have to go find what's out there and then use that and actually take the time to go out in the fields and do it. And I think that's so amazing. And... And while a lot of chefs go to farmers markets and things like that, um, you know, and it's becoming more trendy and and more popular and and trying to get from farm to fork um, and things like that, the the actual going into the fields and seeing where the stuff's growing is so important. I think there's probably a few chefs out there that are actually starting to do this where they're actually being involved in, in the products and going out to the fields and seeing how it's grown and then growing direct. Um, excuse me, buying directly from the farmers. But it's just right. the idea of that you guys are doing, I think is just so huge. Well, the other thing I didn't mention, and this is what I love to do. Uh, see, I, I go by seasons and I forge for chanterelles. And I'm, oh my gosh, I had Drubaline from uh, Ford Fry uh, Provisions. They have about five or six restaurants in Atlanta. They he he operates out of number two four six. But I want to tell you, Justin, before uh, well, it was during when I was creating my product line. I was still growing so much that I was uh, selling it to restaurants uh, down in Atlanta, and his happened to be one. And he did a class on uh, he, he did a couple of cooking classes for me, but he also taught me what mush how to forge for these mushrooms. And those mushrooms are like $25 a pound. And so last year we had tons of them because uh, it was a rainy season. They normally dry up in August. We don't go past that. There were mushrooms until October. And what are those mushrooms again? I'm sorry, repeat it just um, so I... Chanterelles. Chanterelles. Okay. Um, I'm just making a note here because... Normally... They're normally, normally they're prolific in Oregon.
I mean, I'm, I'm having visions in my head, and it's probably from cartoons or something growing up as a kid, but I remember, like, the truffles, and they have the pigs, like, sniffing out the truffles so they can find it. I don't actually know if that's how you find truffles, but that's the image stuck in my head. So. Well, you, you dig. You dig around the roots for truffles, and uh, there's a company, Pecan Truffle Oil, down in Bainbridge, and we did a story on... Tate, their lab that that hunts for the truffles, and you know they they got really hit bad with the, with uh, Hurricane Michael, and they are just the nicest people. But I did meet their truffle dog Tate, and that was an interesting story. I'll have to give you copies of my magazines, and I think you'll find uh, some of the stories to be quite interesting. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I know that Georgia is actually starting to really push is the how to because there's so many pecan trees, is how to actually promote more truffles around the trees for growing in Georgia to, to promote a whole industry there, which I think is phenomenal. Obviously, truffles taste great. The oils are, are a great product and things like that. And as the world becomes more demanding of the flavor profile of truffles, um, it's pretty incredible thing. So in the mushroom thing, so how do you go about... Um, I was chanterelles. Is that the way you pronounce it? I'm trying to write it phonetically. Chanterelles. So how do you it's find them? I mean, is, are they just out there? Oh, sorry. Go ahead and spell that again. It's C H A N T E R R E L L E S. I think that's right. Hold on. Oh my gosh, okay. that's how I spelled it. How good! That is amazing. If Did I got I that it? right. Did I get it right? I don't know. I just wrote. That's the way I wrote it before you said it. So I'm like, hmm. But anyway, so okay. how how do you find them? Are they just grow naturally? Okay. Well, there there's only certain areas, and we have uh, one part of the farm is like a glade area, very shady, right across along the river, and there's so much shade and moisture, and that's why uh, there's only certain. It's like Vidalia onions. There's only certain dirt that they grow in, you know. Uh, so this is kind of like the same uh, thing. You 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 only you can get them where they grow, and we're just fortunate enough that they grow on the Sequoia River here and on my other property up near Lake Burton. Uh, but they grow, and he you know he was telling me you got chanterelles all over your product, but property. This is like years and years ago. Truth, but Truth says you need to you need to uh, forge for those and, and the restaurants will go crazy. Well, they have. I mean, I've sold uh, many restaurants, these uh, chanterelles, and, and they're really great if you just cook them. You, you can saute them in butter and garlic. And, oh, my gosh, they're they're really delicious. I'm going to have to try some of these. They sound amazing. Uh, I just uh, They are. I love it. I can't believe you. You, I, you will love it, love it. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm actually, I have never, I don't think I've heard of them or tried them. And I'd have to look back, but thinking oh of the food as long as I have, it's amazing how many things I haven't tried. Like, the, you know, and there's so many oh. things in Georgia that are so unique that I'm just blown away. Right, right. And and these, this whole thing was new to me. And I've, uh, I've taught other people what to look for, but really you, uh, it, it's kind of a, uh, a lot of people don't want to forge because they feel like they might pick the wrong one. 
because there there is a similar mushroom that looks like the chanterelle and you have to be really careful that's all i can say to that yeah. so, is it is it a poisonous yeah, you, one you or is it a I'm hallucinogen <laughs> i mean you've got you have to be careful that's, yeah really you've got to know your chanterelles i mean i guess yeah you've got to know your mushrooms yeah well that's a whole other thing i mean i was um we were looking at mushroom caves and, and people were building mushroom caves to produce mushrooms. And I know there's a lot of mushroom farms in Southern Georgia, uh, Northern uh, Florida actually. And, uh, and as we were trying to source mushrooms, we went in this mushroom cave and they literally pin your nose um, and, and put a mask on because the mushroom spores can actually enter into your lungs and start growing in your lungs, which is a totally crazy thing. Oh. And that, that mush that they grow that way, and that's how they spread. It's not, but so mushrooms to me are a huge interest, and I love mushrooms to begin with, just from cooking with and and the the oils and the things that are coming out of mushrooms, and it's always been something I enjoy in all my food and things like that. So I would love to come see what those are like, and what is the season for those? I mean, when when do you go forging those? They come in. Normally around the third week of June, and they last normally through July. And they, if we have a dry season, they'll dry up around mid-August. But this year, like I said, it only it, it's really determined by the weather, and that the weather determines on how long we stay open and that kind of thing, as well. So uh, it's uh, it's uh, that is far it's called farming justin farming <laughs> well i mean you're running a seasonal business right you've taken the seasonality of farming right but it it goes through all of your business ventures whether it's the food you're producing Absolutely. or the the and fly we're fishing also, yeah we're also agritourism we're an agritourism um we're designated as that we have signs as you come up 197 north you'll see blackhawk fly fishing agritourism yes because we give back so much uh so you know when they need uh to do tours and i mean i've had them in my gardens uh we we we, we've taken the time to let people come on the farm and see what we're doing and and that way if they're in 4-h or if they're with the uh what is the uh county extension offices the the managers of those offices they've been on the farm so we we try to educate people as much as we can we feel like that that is important and i've also i gave a fundraiser even i'm involved in fundraising where uh we circle of hope is about battered and uh, women we raised uh in um march 28th i think it was we raised over eighteen thousand dollars for this fundraiser I held on the farm so it's it's everything and my husband and I are totally involved in the community he's on the chamber board and again it's involving yourself with the right people doing the right things and uh, giving back and um, that's um, we stay busy yeah it's incredible Um, so I mean I definitely want to have you guys back on the show and I'm thinking like I want to get out there and and come visit you guys and and do some activities before I get you guys back on. Cause I think it's just, you have such a diverse offering that I really want to dive into it firsthand and, and all of it and the mushrooms and the canning and the classes and the, 
you know, the fly fishing, I think there's so much there that I really just want to get a hands-on experience and, and talk about it. Um, so I definitely would love to do another episode with you uh, this summer if that's possible. That's perfect. And, and I'm affiliated with Jar, Ball Jar. And we may, he's got some new jars and we, we may just test some of those while you're here. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love to, to yeah, see Yeah, I that. haven't seen them yet, but Jack, uh, he called me, Jake Dawson called me and he says, I've got some jar, new jars. I'd love to come out and yeah. And that, that's, we're like a testing zone. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's a great way for him to get feedback, especially if they, they are experienced if they have a new product or whatever um, they want me to try out I, I love doing that but absolutely we need to get you here at Blackhawk so you can first have a first hand experience with everything um, I think that's awesome and thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast and just educating us on all of it it's been amazing and I really love what you guys are doing thank you Justin it's been great so I've got to get back to work now. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you, you gave me the biggest. Hey, you gave me the biggest break I've had in a while. Man, no. Thank you for taking the time to be on and and for the audience. If you guys are interested, uh, you can look up Abby J's Gourmet um, online, and you can find our website. You can also look at Blackhawk Fly Fishing and just type it in the search bar, and you'll find her. Uh, same with social media. Type in either one of those. You can find all the links in there. Uh, for them in Georgia. So thank you everyone for listening in. If you want to be on the show, it's Justin at thefoodentrepreneurs.com and you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. And again, thank you, Abby, and thank you everyone for listening in and all the support. And if you like this episode or you have friends that are fly fishermen or, or foodies, please pass this on to them. Uh, what Abby Jackson is doing in Georgia is amazing. So again, thank you, Abby, for creating jobs and, and being you. an entrepreneur. And, and, and Justin, yeah, Justin, remember one bite and you're hooked. Yeah, one bite and you're hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and most of all, I really yes. love that you're teaching entrepreneurs of the future and, and kids to have some of those skills and, and do all those things. So I think that's so important. And I look forward to, to talking more about that. So thank you again. All right. All right. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.